Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to another Pit Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. Watt Harris, your host, brought to you by The Sports Drink. Happy Monday to you guys. I'm a little nasal, a little congested. I got in my first time in three years since the pandemic, I got exposed to COVID and I got it for the first time. And it turns out, you know, we've, we've been going back to the hospital working on site. And it turns out a fellow in our radiology department had it. He wasn't masked up or anything, but he was still working because supposedly, you know, the rule is if you, as long as you have a a fever, you can still, you know, come to work. My thing is, though, is even if you don't have a fever, if you have a cold or whatever, why aren't you isolating anyway in some way, shape or form? But I mean, he wasn't isolating, let alone wearing a mask. So I woke up Saturday morning. Because, like, you know, for some reason I felt tired all week. Saturday morning I woke up and I felt like hell. Like, I like I was just out drinking the whole night. Well, I mean, I, wa- I was out late. I wasn't drinking, though. I went to a cigar bar and had a cigar, but... Yeah, and I got progressively worse during the day, and... But, uh, yeah, it's, it's hell. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, COVID's out there. It's still real. Yeah, I think this is the most sick I've been probably in three, you know, three years as well. I mean, usually the kids always got me sick from whatever they brought home, but this is just straight hell. But be careful, folks. There's still some careless assholes out there, even ones that hold that wear white coats and hold clipboards, and they're starting to be and they're studying to become a doctor. Now let's get some things out of the way before we get this whole pit. Football thing preview. I'm gonna do. It's not much. I actually, I did. I actually recorded. I actually recorded yesterday, but I wasn't too crazy about it, and I didn't feel like uploading it. So I'm doing this all over again. But as we start out, Pitt basketball. Dior Johnson. He's been dismissed. And naturally, I wasn't happy about this because it, you know they 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 dismissed him because of backlash. They thought they were going to get, but my argument was he's been here for almost the last year. You're waiting now, a year later, to dismiss him over public back, backlash. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It just it felt like they were helping him. And then they just pull the rug from him a year, you know, out of nowhere. Right when he's about to get back in the, you know, into the lineup and play again. 
But um, as time has gone on and we've been able to gather information on this, it looks like he was supposed to be gone a year ago anyway. And his dismissal was appealed. And unfortunately, it just dragged out almost a year later. You know, he was just in Spain with his team playing. Now that's, you know, that, you know, just, you know, it's just horrible timing. I mean, because like the, uh, the sem- you know, school semester, you know, is starting and all I can say about Dior is I wish him the best and I hope he continues down the path that he's going down and it's a good path. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, conference expansion is heating up. Uh, the ACC is looking to add Stanford, California, and SMU now. Supposedly some more money is going to come out of this, but not much. From what it looks like, the ACC is trying to backfill because it's obvious that FSU and Clemson are trying to leave. You know, FSU, I'm, I'm not sure where they'll go. Probably the Big Ten, if possible. I just don't see the SEC adding them. I just don't see the SEC adding them in. Same with Clemson, but I know Big Ten prefers AAU, so I'm not sure how their schools fare in that department. I just, people are saying SEC for them, but I just don't see it. I just can't see South Carolina letting Clemson in. I can't see Florida letting Florida State in. But uh, I'm sure Texas A&M could have blocked Texas, but at the end of the day, it's Texas. And they were bringing Oklahoma with them. So you couldn't block that if you wanted to. You know. My gripe is, is why wasn't the ACC proactive in expansion like they've been before. It's just kind of odd to me how they just like sat back. It just felt like it felt like the Big East all over again. Where they just sit back to see which teams are going to get picked off or whatever. And it just feels like this is the same thing here. And everybody talks about the whole academic profile crap. And you know what? If you're really that harp about the whole academic profile, just join the just join the Ivy League. I mean, for God's sakes, this isn't about academics or whatever. It's about money, which is probably going to fuel your academics and your sports programs. It's going to do all that. It's going to it's going to you know it's going to drive up registrations and applications to your university. Remember when Pitt basketball got all big? What happened? The, the applications went up. People were applying to go to Pitt. So, that money is going to drive all that. It's going to improve your athletics. I mean, look what's happened to Pitt now since going to the ACC. Since, jo- you know, since joining it. Their Olympic sports are performing really good. Compared to you know Big E standards, we got the uh, new facilities, all that coming in for the for the Olympic sports. If we could only just get get them competitive in baseball and softball again, 
Pit Hoops has a buzz again. Let's hope it continues that way, despite what happened with the Or Johnson. Pit Women's, that's another story. But from what I gather, and from what I've seen on special on Instagram Live, they the women love their new coach. And they don't talk to Lance White at all. Like they have not, I guess Lance White has not stayed in touch with them and they haven't really reached out to him. So, and from what I gathered from that, from all that, it seems like they're happy that he's gone. But uh, let's get back to expansion because I'm getting way off the topic. But I'm just saying what, you know, you know, money drives all this and it's going to improve your athletics. It's going to get those, you know, more people to apply. It's going to, you know, Get you get, it's gonna get those universities on the map. But uh, yeah, I just you know, you know, if there's a, I mean, if there's really a market for uh, Clemson and FSU and the SEC, I mean, because I mean, because they're both under, under the ESPN umbrella, both uh, both conferences. You know, why would ESPN pay more for those two schools to be in the SEC when they could just keep them in the ACC? I mean, Big Ten is under Fox rule. One thing you, one thing you, you know, you would fear is they would go under Fox. You lose them to Fox. You know, just how that, you know, just a lot to ponder. But I just find it odd that they wait until, you know, all this to happen. I mean, they sat back and watched the Big Twelve at P five teams. Although supposedly the ACC did reach out to, you know, I did say in the last podcast, that supposedly they reached out to Oregon, Washington, and they weren't interested. I mean, sure. I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're Big Ten, Big Ten or bust at that point. But anyways, whatever happens, happens. The more the merrier, I guess. Now let's narrow down. Let's talk about Pitt's, Pitt's upcoming season. Recapping last year. We started off with some drama where we lost we lost Jordan Addison to USC, you know, based on what I heard in Pat Narduzzi's podcast with Adam Brenneman, Jordan was happy when the season was over, but months later he was unhappy, and he felt that that was, you know, somebody must have gotten to his head. Probably a bunch of people did. Now, as I look at the probable pit too deep, I meant to pause this and it didn't pause, but whatever. Phil Jerkovic is your starter. He's a you know he's a super senior. You got Ronnie Hammond in your backfield. You got your receivers, Bob Means, Kanata Mumfield, Dejan Reynolds, Gavin Bartholomew is your tight end. 
In terms of skill position players, I'm not really too concerned about Pitt. I think, um, as we saw in that bowl game, better QB plays seemed to help the receivers a bit. Kanana Mumfield seemed to really start to come into his own. Bub Means looked a lot better. But we got to get the ball to Gavin Bartholomew. I mean, he's a he's a weapon, and he doesn't get the ball enough. But you also got a, a tight end, Carter Johnson, Malcolm X. Epps, Malcolm Epps, not X. So, you know, as far as also receiver, you got Zion Feller L, Kenny Johnson. I mean, running backs, Sebo's a super senior. You also got Daniel Carr, the fullback, and you got Derek Davis as a sophomore who transferred, you know, was, came from, was a, you know, was at LSU and transferred back to Pitt. Quarterbacks, you got Christian Valu and Nate Ornell, so you got we're good there. You got most of your guys coming back from uh they got a bunch of seniors on the offensive line. I believe Ryan Jacoby just got hurt. In fact, let me double check and make sure. Because I believe that's what happened. Ryan Jacoby is out, yep, that's, which is a blow. But you got Mac on Calves. And Jacoby was, you know, yep, Jay Cradle, Blake Zubovic. So I'm not sure what they, I, mean, I guess it looks like based on too, big or too deep, maybe they're going Jason Collier. Or maybe they move somebody else from, you know, right guards are thin. They have two guys on right guard. But yes, offensive line. Although some experience, some concerns, because Keaton wasn't entirely the problem. Offensive line times did not protect him enough, and sometimes you know, and, you know, like the Tennessee game, he got knocked out of the game for the most part. But I'm hearing good things about Phil Jerkovic and the, the passing game. I'm just not hoping this is like 2003 where the people raved about the offense and the passing game and the defense was just hot garbage because that's my fear right now. Although I wasn't too crazy about Phil at the spring game. I felt like his, I felt like he was taking too long to release the ball. He was holding on, holding on the ball for too long. I just wasn't crazy about his throws. I, I actually like Christian Valu a lot better. I thought that he got the ball out quicker. It made his reads faster. But let's hope I'm wrong on that. Now, you know, not much you can say about the spring game. But offensively, overall, you know, I'm not really concerned about the skill position players. They'll, you know, passing game will take a step this year. But the issue, I think, will be the concern will be the will be the um, offensive line. Because Kenny, you know, Kenny, you know, had a great season. But he, one thing about Kenny he, is he was also mobile. He could move around the pocket when he saw the pressure coming. Let's hope it. You know, well, it's hard to replace a first round draft pick. But if Phil Jurgovic could be a third round grade, that'd be awesome. 
Now as we look at the defense, defensive ends, we got Deion Hayes and Nate Temple. Defensive tackles, Devin Danielson and DeAndre Jules. Not to mention you got Tyler Bentley, Elliot Donald, David Green, Sean Fitzsimmons at defensive tackle. You also got defensive end, you got Naki Johnson, Bam Brema. Plenty of experience, I mean... I think that the uh, linebackers and secondary will, will always be a concern because we we're always so good at like reloading at the defensive line, but sometimes the you know sometimes the bow breaks. But the um, linebackers at Mike Shane Simon, but you, you got Brandon George backing him up, so you got two seniors there. Money linebacker at Bengali Kamara, who's also a senior. Then you got strong safety Javon McIntyre. And free safety, Philip O'Brien Jr., Marquise Williams, a cornerback, and Devonshire at cornerback. One thing I see on, on a lot of these, on both sides of the ball, I'm seeing a lot of senior leadership. Next year, obviously, is going to be, be a big concern because we're going to be losing a lot of these guys and a lot of freshmen and sophomores. I'm hoping we can keep, you know, I'm hoping we can keep it to where we keep reloading. We keep, you know, and I, and I think that's basically what Pat Narduzzi's been looking for. He's looking for where we lose guys, we're able to bring guys, you know, basically fill, you know, whatever whatever holes we have. That's all I can say about that. But I would say defensive line's going to be an issue. I mean, we saw how West Virginia ran the ball against Pitt last year. That's going to be an issue because, you know, what we're replacing I'm hearing good things about the secondary, you know, it's, but I mean, our front seven obviously is going to always going to be a concern. If it's not the defensive, you know, defensive line, it's the linebackers. If it's not the linebackers, it's the defensive end. But let's go over pit schedule and see what we can figure out. They're obviously going to be Wofford. That should be an easy one. Cincinnati's breaking in the new quarterback and a new coach. I think they're bringing a lot under new offense, so I see that as a win. I think the I think Pitt wins that one. West Virginia, same thing, new quarterback, all that crap. I do think that they're going to use the Penn State game as their uh, their way to get ready for Pitt. So yeah, I think Penn State will probably win that one and cover. I still see Pitt winning that one, although I think it'll be a close game, like it always is. You know, it's definitely not going to be an easy one. North Carolina, I see as a loss. I think it's another shootout, and I think North Carolina you know, outshoots us. We beat Virginia Tech in Louisville. In fact, we're at Virginia Tech and home to Louisville. Then we go at Wake. And I, I like us being Wake Forest. Then we go to South Bend against Notre Dame. We definitely lose that one because it's Notre Dame and it's at Notre Dame. We lose a Florida State. That's at home. Then we go on the road against Syracuse. I see that as a win. I see Boston College as a win. That's at home. Then Pitt finishes on the road against Duke. I like that one as well. We win that one. At best, I have Pitt 9-3. 
At worst, they could be 7-5 and 8-4. and four. They could lose the Wake Forest game. They could possibly lose a Duke game, depending on how good Duke is, really. And you can still label a Cincinnati and West Virginia as possibilities. As losses as well. But overall, I mean, if you look here, they're at home the first two weeks. Wofford, Cincinnati. Then they go to Morgantown. Then back to Pittsburgh. Then they go to Blacksburg the next week. They get two weeks off, and then they are at home against uh, Louisville. Then two weeks over, they're traveling. Winston-Salem, the Wake. South Bend, and Notre Dame. Then they're at home against Florida State. Then they go on a road against Syracuse. Then they're home against Boston College. And then they're on the road to finish off the season against Duke. From a travel perspective, the, the season, I mean, the schedule's pretty balanced. You're not having th- three home games in a row, three road games in, in a row. It seemed, I mean, at best you have two consecutive home games and two consecutive road games. That's it. I mean, it's a pretty balanced schedule. Now, what's crazy is Wofford's a 3.30 kickoff. Cincinnati's a 6.30 kickoff, and Morgantown's a 7.30 kickoff. South Bend's a 3.30 kickoff. Syracuse is a 3.30 kickoff. South Boston College is a 7 p.m. kickoff. Although I'm in Central Time, so it may be a little, maybe it's a little different. I don't know. Maybe they change it. But North Carolina is a 2B announced. And Blackbird, I mean, there's all, I mean, we may not see a lot, we may not see a lot of noon kickoffs. Maybe Duke ends up being a noon kickoff. Who knows, but. It's pretty interesting, to say the least. It is definitely interesting. But, I mean, to recap, offensively, I'm not really worried about the skill players as much. Offensive line will always be a question mark. Defensively, on paper, it looks good. But I'm concerned about the defensive line. I mean, you always have to trust Charlie Partridge, of course. I'm hearing great things about the secondary, but but the, all, in, all in all, this team at best, I think, is going to go 9-3, and three, and I think at worst, they're 7-5-8-4. Pitt always has that puzzling loss on their resume, and so I have, you know, I have them losing to... Um, North Carolina, Florida State, Notre Dame. So Pitt usually has that one puzzling loss. Maybe it's Wake Forest. Maybe it's Duke. Maybe it's Syracuse. It could be any of those. Now, as I predict the ACC, I'm going to say... I think Clemson's number one. Number two is going to be Florida State. Three, North Carolina. Four, Pitt. Five, NC State. Six will be Wake. Seventh is Miami because I'm still not buying them. Duke is after them. 
for some reason, Duke people are ranking Duke really high in the ACC, and I don't know why. They really didn't. They really didn't beat. Any, they didn't beat anybody last year. And Miami sucked last year, and I just don't see why people are, are so hard up about ranking these guys high. I have NC State ranked high because Brandon Armstrong is back. Well, he's not back. He's with his new. He's he's with his offensive coordinator that was at Virginia, where he lit it up. You know, he got reunited with his offensive coordinator, so I expect him to pick up where he left off two years ago. But after Duke, I have Syracuse and Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, BC, and UVA. Now, you could probably flip-flop Clemson, FSU. I just like Clemson. Clemson has always had a good defense. Third place, I just put UNC. It could be it could be Pitt or NC State. And then the rest of it, the, the middle of the pack, it's going to, I mean, let's be honest, that middle of, middle of the pack, it's going to be a bunch of, uh, it's going to be a bunch of 8-4, and 7-5 teams. So Pitt's probably going to be in that group with whoever, probably Wake and Miami, maybe even NC State, North Carolina. It's going to be a whole bunch of things. I mean, it's all one big division, big conference now, instead of two divisions. You know, Coastal chaos could, you know, become rampant in the ACC as well. Who knows? But that's just how I have it stacked up. And I could be wrong, and I probably am, and who cares? It's just my thoughts on the whole subject. But anyways, I'll be back later this week to give my thoughts on the season and Pitt's upcoming game. That's about it. I'm, I'm losing my voice. Hell to pit. Bye.